step two. You're listening to the Wrestling Takeover. What is your name? With your host, Jordan Turner, who's always going to keep it real. Come on, King. Inside and outside the ring. Let me make myself clear. He's got the band behind him, King. It's time to take over, King. Are you ready? He's all fired up now, King. Takeover. Let's go. Yo, 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 what's poppin', y'all? This is Jordan Turner, the host of the Wrestling Takeover Podcast. This is April 16th, 2021. And, woo, I got tons of wrestling uh, topics to get to, man. We're going to start with the WWE. We got some topics with AEW. And we also got topics surrounding Impact Wrestling. So strap yourselves in, man. Grab a cold beverage. And enjoy the podcast. Um, I want to shout out everybody that is following the podcast on all podcast platforms. Make sure you guys go subscribe and follow wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow your boy on social media. Uh, Shout out to everybody that is following the podcast on Instagram. If you haven't done so already, I suggest you do it. We're building a great family over there. You can do that by following me at The Wrestling Takeover. Uh, I would greatly appreciate that. Much love to everybody that is following me on there. Thank you very much. And follow me on Twitter at JT Takeover. And um, I appreciate all the continued love and support that I in this podcast have been receiving, man. The growth of the podcast is slow, but we are slowly moving up the ranks. And that's all I can ask for. So let's get right into it, starting with the WWE, with the first topic talking about the news coming out of WrestleMania 37 involving The Fiend and Randy Orton. So this news comes from NoDQ.com. Shout out to NoDQ, Aaron Rift. Um, it's an update on the finish of The Fiend versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania 37 being changed. So the news says, as previously noted, there was originally plans for The Fiend to defeat Randy Orton at WrestleMania 37 but then the finish was reportedly changed during the weekend. So Dave Melter and Brian Alvarez of F4W Online commented on the matter on how they were apparently several finishes changed at the last minute. Of course, there was plans changed. Vince McMahon never goes into WrestleMania or any show having a district plan, and he cannot follow up on those plans. He always changes things. You know, as the show goes on or even before, you know, a certain match is on the table. That mentality really needs to change. It really does. So Avarez says, I quote, I was told a couple of finishes were changed on the weekend of the show. And then Melter commented and said, I told you about two of them the last day. Two of the major matches, one finish was done on Saturday and the other one was on Sunday. One of the finishes... The Randy Orton finish was changed on Sunday, hours before the show. I think there was at least three finishes changed. Braun Alvarez commented and then said, I know of two and one of them you told me and that wasn't the one of them. And then the Randy Orton one, that was to be at least four that I know of. Close quote. WWE appears to be moving away from Orton and The Fiend with Bray Wyatt teasing a new direction on Monday Night Raw. So again, shout out to NoDQ. And um, listen, WWE changing The Fiend and Randy Orton 
personally, in my opinion, I was pissed. I was fucking pissed. I'm going to keep it honest with you guys right now. I get, you know, I even seen Booker T on Twitter, you know, and on his podcast, the Hall of Fame podcast, talking about how The Fiend isn't about wins and losses. And I do see his point in terms of The Fiend not, you know, he doesn't always need a win. You know, he has a character and his character is about storytelling. And that's mainly what The Fiend is all about, you know. The Fiend doesn't really need to get wins, but at the same time, the Fiend needs to get wins. So you're in a a lose-lose situation with the Fiend character, right? We all know the Randy Orton feud was overdone, overplayed, and it's time to move on. Orton has moved on. What's the Fiend going to do? It looks like he's about to feud with Alexa Bliss. That's what it looks like it's going to happen, you know, for the Fiend and Bray Wyatt. But then again, we don't know what the direction of the Fiend character is going to be. So we'll see what happens. But Booker T did make some great valid points when he talked about how The Fiend doesn't really need to win, you know, all the time. And I tweeted something similar in terms of The Fiend reminds me of Jason Voorhees. Jason Voorhees is one of my favorite slasher characters. And um, in terms of horror, he's my guy. And he reminds me of Jason Voorhees as The Fiend in this perspective. So... Let's start with Jason Voorhees, right? So Jason Voorhees, he lost his mother at a young age. And he looks to get women, right? In terms of different movies, different women to play the part that reminds him of his mother. Right? Now, let's talk about Bray Wyatt and how it's very similar with The Fiend. So The Fiend lost his sister, Sister Abigail, right? And The Fiend until Alexa Bliss came around, was always trying to find Sister Abigail. Who's Sister Abigail? Is it a a person or is it just a myth? Is it a ghost, right? And so then Alexa Bliss came around and was like, okay, that's Sister Abigail. She, you know, plays the part well. Bray Wyatt is basically looking at, you know, Alexa Bliss and seeing Sister Abigail, right? Or The Fiend is looking at Alexa Bliss and saying, okay, that's Sister Abigail. That's my sister. She resembles Sister Abigail and the teases and what we've seen at WrestleMania 37. Sister Abigail might be coming to light very soon. I love the slow build. And I know majority of fans in this IWC, man, you guys are very impatient with things like this. This is storytelling. They're building it up. I know the story is whack. Absolutely is. It's trash. But I love the slow build of... Alexa Bliss becoming Sister Abigail. There's rumors going around that she's going to apparently be wearing a fiend-like mask very soon. So it looks like the WWE is moving away from the fiend and Bray Wyatt. And the fiend's actually going to be Alexa Bliss. Now, my thing is this with the fiend. I don't think it's a character. I think it's a myth. I think it's a myth because... The Fiend needed someone to be attached with. So that ghost, quote unquote, the Fiend, got Bray Wyatt. He attached himself to Bray Wyatt. Now, Alexa Bliss has the same powers or even greater than the Fiend. This is what I'm saying. It might be goofy, 
But at the same time, they can have so many elements with this Fiend character and they can bring it to Alexa Bliss. And I think that's what the WWE is planning on doing. I think the Fiend's going to leave the body of Bray Wyatt and the Fiend needs another body to go to. Okay, who's been by Bray Wyatt's side since day one? Alexa Bliss. So that's where Alexa Bliss is going to come in. And she is going to be, she's going to be the female uh, fiend. I firmly believe that's where WWE is ultimately going to go. And if that's the case, I mean, I've been supporting Alexa Bliss and her character, you know, development for a very long time now. I'm a big fan of what she's been doing. She is killing the character right now. She's killing the gimmick and in a positive way. She's killing the gimmick in a positive way. Uh, there's people in the IWC that are stating that Alexa Bliss is actually better at overshadowing Bray Wyatt. And that's facts. She's overshadowing Bray Wyatt. But man, when The Fiend came out at WrestleMania looking like the Joker, I said to myself, nobody in the IWC came up with the Joker Harley Quinn, excuse me, Joker Harley Quinn combo with Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss. I did. Nobody else did. That's the vibe I got. That's the vibe that WWE needed to do. The Fiend needs a Harley Quinn to his Joker. That's when Alexa Bliss comes into play. Is WWE going to go down route? I don't think so. I think they're going to turn around. And they're going to give the Fiend to Alexa Bliss. Like I said, the Fiend is not a person. The Fiend's a myth. The Fiend's a ghost. That Fiend needs a body to pretty much resemble the fiend so he got bray wyatt now he needs another body to go to is that body alexa bliss that's what it looks like that is what it looks like so we'll see what happens with alexa bliss and the fiend i don't know where they go with this they need a lot of creativity with this thing in terms of the fiend and bray wyatt and alexa bliss sister abigail so we'll see what happens um now, the next topic I want to talk about is Drew McIntyre. And in my personal opinion, he does not deserve another opportunity at the WWE Championship. And I'm very nervous. Now, Drew McIntyre won a number one contenders match. It was Randy Orton himself and I believe Braun Strowman in a triple threat match to determine the new number one contender to challenge Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania Backlash or Backlash WrestleMania. Whatever you like to call it. This is some bullshit. I'm going to be blunt. Y'all know how I do on the show. All the time. I'm always honest with you guys. Drew McIntyre doesn't feel special. He doesn't feel special. I'm at a point where his character is very similar to when Roman Reigns was a baby face and John Cena. Right? He's slashing everybody. Now, he lost at WrestleMania, which was a great booking decision. This guy needed to lose. Bobby Lashley deserves a lengthy reign with the WWE Championship. You know it. I know it. Okay? He deserves a reign, a credible reign with that title. And that's what he's getting right now. But Drew McIntyre winning that number one contendership is making me scared because I believe... Why would Drew McIntyre win the number one contenders match on Raw... To ultimately lose again and be 0-2 against Bobby Lashley. But then I said the same thing with The Fiend and Randy Orton. Do you guys not know The Fiend is 
0-3, I believe, against Randy Orton. He lost in the House of Horrors match. He lost an Inferno match. And then he lost at WrestleMania 33. He's actually 0-4. Actually, fuck that. He's 0-4 against Randy Orton. WrestleMania 33, the House of Horrors, right? And uh, the Fire Inferno match. And then now WrestleMania. He's 0-4. That's fucking ridiculous. But Drew McIntyre, you can tell the WWE wants to push him to the top. And I'm going to be honest. I don't consider Drew McIntyre as a top, like, level John Cena, Roman Reigns type guy. I just don't get that vibe from Drew McIntyre. I don't put blame on him. But at the same time, he doesn't really have a character. And I mainly blame WWE because they are, are pushing Drew McIntyre down our throats. It's not coming off as genuine anymore. It was coming off as genuine with the feud with Brock Lesnar. After the win on Brock Lesnar, after that, it doesn't feel genuine. It really doesn't. And I'm, I really hope Bobby Lashley retains because I got hope. Bobby Lashley beat McIntyre at WrestleMania clean. He passed out. Drew McIntyre didn't tap out. He didn't get pinned. He just passed out. This time around, he better get pinned. I don't want Drew McIntyre to tap out because that's going to kill the mystique of McIntyre. But I want him to get pinned. One, two, three. Okay? Bobby Lashley deserves a lengthy reign with that championship. And I hope Vince McMahon understands that. We will see what happens with Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. McIntyre getting another shot. Might not go bode well for Bobby Lashley, man, in his reign. I hope I'm wrong. Drew McIntyre does not deserve another reign with the WWE Championship. We've seen what he's done with it. It wasn't really memorable. That's not his fault. But at the same time, fans really weren't clicking the second time he won the WWE Championship. Bobby Lashley, people are clicking with him. Bobby Lashley, people love him. Bobby Lashley is legit. Bobby Lashley is a serious threat. And I'm praying they build Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship at SummerSlam. Maybe that's where you take the title off Bobby Lashley. Even then, I wouldn't take the title off Bobby Lashley. I would have Bobby Lashley actually retain and defeat Brock Lesnar. And then at the Royal Rumble, if you want to take the title off Bobby Lashley, you can do something like that. So we'll see what happens. A couple of ideas that I came up with there. I just want Bobby Lashley to hold that title. I'm going to be honest, for the rest of the year, highly unlikely he might lose at Backlash to Drew McIntyre. I just hope that is not the case. Let me know what you guys think of Drew McIntyre. Are you guys over Drew McIntyre? Are you guys big fans of Bobby Lashley? Do you guys want Bobby Lashley to hold the title maybe until the Royal Rumble or maybe until SummerSlam and drop it to somebody else? Let me know. Now, up next, we got another topic in WWE land. This has to do with me pretty much fantasy booking Karrion Cross, the new NXT champion. So if you guys watched NXT this past Tuesday, the official debut of NXT on Tuesday nights, I'm happy they're on Tuesday. They are away from AEW, um, and that's a great feeling. That is a great feeling. NXT's doing their own thing. I love it. Hopefully they hit 1 million views. We'll see what happens. But I'm just going to be creative here. I'm just going to come up with an idea involving Karrion Cross. I have no news. I have nothing. 
All this is from the top of my head. So I'm I'm a different breed and I'm better than everybody else from a creative standpoint. Karrion Cross. This guy is an absolute killer. I look at the roster with Karrion Cross as champ, as the king of his castle. And I'm here to tell you, nobody on the NXT roster can beat Karrion Cross. If you guys have listened to my NXT review, you guys probably know where I'm going with this. I want to just reiterate with new listeners. I've been getting new listeners on the podcast, so thank you very much. The Wrestling Takeover is definitely for you guys. I'm honest, I'm truthful, and I'm very creative with my opinions and ideas on the overall product that is WWE and other wrestling promotions around the world. I love coming up with fresh, new, creative ideas. And so I'm going to do this here. So thank you to everybody, new listeners that are coming up and listening to the show. So Karen Cross, nobody on NXT on that roster can beat Karen Cross. You know that, I know that, okay? Adam Cole beating Karen Cross, please. Adam Cole's not beating Karen Cross. I love Adam Cole. Okay? But he's not beating Karen Cross. Pete Dunn, he's a tough motherfucker. He's a tough dude. He's not beating Karen Cross. Finn Balor part 2. Finn Balor's not beating Karrion Cross. Bronson Reed, I don't want him beating Karrion Cross. Dexter Loomis, I don't want him beating Karrion Cross. There's one person. Tommaso Ciampa even. I love Ciampa. He's tough as fuck. Even him, I don't want him to beat Karrion Cross. Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm getting at here is there's one person. If Karrion Cross is to lose. He needs to lose to this one person and one person alone. I'm talking about Walter, the leader of Imperium. I love Imperium. I love Walter. Walter is one of my favorite wrestlers in all of professional wrestling right now. He's in my top five, no question. You want a big fight feel mega dream match. You do Walter versus Karrion Cross for both, both, not just one championship, both a super fight for the NXT championship and the NXT UK championship. Walter has held the United Kingdom championship for a very long time. I don't know the exact number. I'm not going to make up a number because I don't want to be wrong. All I'm going to say is he's held that championship for a very long time. Karrion Cross needs to hold that title. The NXT champ. The, the funny thing is WWE has an opportunity with Roman Reigns, Bobby Lashley, and Karrion Cross. Do you want to establish three mega stars? And do you want to establish the Universal Championship? You've already did that. Do you want to now establish the WWE Championship? Do you now want to establish the NXT Championship? You already established the NXT UK Championship. Karrion Cross, Bobby Lashley, and Roman Reigns. They need to hold their respective championships for at least a year. Yeah, I'm being honest with you. A year. Because... When the right opponent comes around to dethrone those guys, to dethrone those kings, it's going to be a big fucking deal. I promise you that. 
I promise you, you're going to create three new top stars. If they beat Roman Reigns, Walter, and Karrion Cross. So if you do all that and you have somebody beat Roman Reigns, somebody beat Karrion Cross, somebody beat Walter, it would be a big deal. I believe we need to have champions that hold the title, right? They got to hold it for a very long time. A year might be a stretch, but to me, they got to hold it for a year. They got to hold it for a year. That's just my personal opinion. Now, Walter and Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross needs to go on a dominant run. And then Walter comes around. He Because Karrion Cross needs to beat everybody in his path. And then he has nobody else. There's nobody else to challenge Karrion Cross anymore. So Karrion Cross does something and he's like, you know what? I've beaten everybody. I have beaten every single person that I possibly can. It's now time to do something different. It's now time to challenge a monster. Somebody that has been dominating in his own right. I challenge Walter. And you do that match. You book it. It will be a blockbuster match. And that's what you do. Carrying Cross versus Walter. You can have it for the NXT Championship. And I would have Walter beat Carrying Cross. I would. You got to establish Walter as this big mega superstar. So you got to do something like that. I think it would be great. And I think it would really, and, and I mean it will legitimize Walter as one of the best in WWE. So I hope it happens. I hope that's where they go. But only time will tell. So we'll see what happens. Now, next up, we got another topic in WWE. This has to do with Jim Cornette. Now, Jim Cornette, people, they fucking hate this guy because of his opinions on pro wrestling. I'm going to be honest with you. This news site is coming from Ringside News, and it's talking about how Jim Cornette grilled Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair's WrestleMania main event match. So Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair made history as they made event at WrestleMania 37's first night. That was an incredible special moment for a lot of people. But Jim Cornette apparently was not a fan. So during his Jim Cornette's drive-thru, he picked the SmackDown Women's Championship title match apart. Cornette stated out by saying that the WWE didn't advertise Banks versus Belair as the main event for WrestleMania. That is true. I agree with Jim Cornette from that perspective. They didn't really advertise it. They just announced it the night of WrestleMania. I believe it was the night of WrestleMania or the night before WrestleMania. So I agree with Jim Cornette on that. Um, he says it is now that they have to prove that the women are equal, that they have to put this match on last. He asked. Then he wondered if WWE was whittled the wrestling audience down to the point where only the diehards are left saying, quote, they didn't see anything wrong with the last match of WrestleMania and how it's a girls match. So Cornette says his favorite match at last year's Mania was Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. But he would have thought that they were crazy if that was the main event. That's, again, I agree with Jim Cornette. 
Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley was a great match. Was it the main event? Absolutely not. But Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley really killed it. So he continues. He only called out WWE for guaranteeing streaming service money from Peacock. So it doesn't matter how they stacked the card. Again, I, I agree with Jim Cornette there. You know, with Peacock, you know how WWE wanted to pretty much put all the cards on the table for Peacock? I believe they were successful. But the funny thing is they didn't really announce Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks as the main event until the night of WrestleMania, which is crazy to me because wouldn't you announce Sasha Banks versus Sasha Banks or Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair, excuse me, as the main event like a week in advance? To hype the fans up to be like, okay, yeah, let me order this on pay-per-view or Peacock or the WWE Network outside of the U.S., right? They didn't do that. They announced it literally the night of WrestleMania, which was typical WWE booking. They always do stuff like this, and that's just how WWE goes. But this was a cash grab for sure, I believe, from WWE's perspective to Peacock. What You know, WWE is all about the money. Now, I'm going to be talking about the insane fucking releases. The firing, excuse me. These people got fired, okay, uh, yesterday. So I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But he continued, and he listed many famous feuds from the past, that main event at WrestleMania, and then included Bianca Belair and Sasha Bakes at the end. He says, I quote, Is it just what it is now that the only people watching wrestling don't mind when two five foot three inch 130 pound girls are in the main event L- listen jim listen bro they needed to main event this was a history in the making you know jim Cornette knows more than anybody in this business that wwe is all about quote-unquote making history being first that's what wwe does that's what they put their foot forward with They want that mainstream publicity. They want that ESPN. They want that E! News. They want that TMZ. They want all that coverage. They want all that media coverage. And motherfucker, they got it. They knew what they were doing. Now, people in WWE might say, oh no, we were always going to put Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair in the main event. I call bullshit. I call bullshit. Because if you knew that they were going to be in the main event, then you would have announced it ahead of time. You didn't announce it ahead of time. You announced it the night of WrestleMania. And that just showed like, yeah, we can get publicity. We can get media coverage for this. I'm not dumb. I know what I'm talking about. Right? I don't need to read a news site to know that. I was saying that even before, you know, the match was announced for WrestleMania as the main event. It is what it is. That's what WWE does. So Jim Cornette's rant continued for some time as he compared WWE's men and women's division to the NBA and WNBA. Wow, that is very controversial. So he wondered if their championship games shared a night which would get on last. Wow, so he compared WWE's men and women divisions to NBA and the WNBA. Jim Cornette, you're wrong. You're fucking wrong, bro. The NBA and the WNBA. First of all, no disrespect to the WNBA women. 
but give me a fucking break. Does anybody watch the WNBA? You know their ratings are going down, right? There's not a lot of investment in the WNBA. The NBA themselves have to really just consistently promote it and promote it and promote it and promote it and promote it. And still, not a lot of people give a fuck. But people give a fuck about the women in WWE. The people give a fuck about women's wrestling in general. It doesn't matter what company it is. So for Jim Cornette to compare, you know, the men and women in WWE to the NBA and the WNBA is absolute ludicrous. Fuck Jim Cornette for that. Fuck Jim Cornette. That's ridiculous. That is a stupid comparison. I get what he's saying. Don't get me wrong. I get what Jim Cornette's saying, but comparing them to the WNBA and NBA is ridiculous. Listen. Jim Cornette has his opinions. We all know that, right? Jim Cornette is insane. And we all know that Jim Cornette can say some crazy shit. Some crazy shit. And you either respect it or you hate it. Either way, it doesn't matter. So that's my opinions on Jim Cornette. Now, the last topic for WWE. Let's talk about these WWE firing the spring cleaning has come into effect. Listen, ahead of time, there's going to be a couple rants in there. I'm going to take a little break real quick, but when I come back, I'm going to talk about the WWE spring cleaning, and I got some topics on AEW, and I got a topic on Impact Wrestling. So the spring cleaning for the WWE, there's going to be a couple rants. So I'm letting you guys know right now. So I'll be back. I'll see you guys in a bit. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am back. Wow. Yesterday was very shocking. It was very newsworthy in terms of the WWE releases. Um, if you guys are fans of any of these people, uh, please support them. Don't go on social media and rant to WWE, rant on Vince, and this and that. Support the wrestlers that got released uh, shout out to everybody that has gotten released. Um, I know everybody will make it up their feet, right? And they will be back on their feet. They will be in a wrestling promotion or some of them might go into a different career. We don't know, but we all got to stand up as IWC community, as wrestling community, and we got to support these wrestlers. Don't be, you know, heartbeat and pissed off at WWE because you guys know the WWE does this every single year. They do it every year. And so I'm going to give you guys my opinions. I got the names right here. I am going to run down the list. And I'm going to give you guys my thoughts on in terms of, you know, why they got released or whatever the case is. And just talk about, you know, if they were pretty much worthy of being released or not. So here we go. We're going to go from the bottom to the top. Um, So the first name right here is Mojo Raleigh. Guys, who gave a fuck about Mojo Raleigh? The hype bros with Zack Ryder was great. Um, He was a great tag team wrestler. And him and Zack Ryder really quicked. And um, the hype bros are very good. They should have won the tag team titles. At least on one occasion. But they did not. 
if memory serves correctly. If they did, let me know. But I don't think they did. I got good memory in terms of talking WWE. So I don't think they did. Now, Mojo, you know, he went on his own. And he was with Rob Gronkowski. They're real buddies outside the ring, outside the wrestling ring, outside the sports entertainment spectrum. I mean, who cares? Who cares? At the end of the day, are you going to lose sleep over Mojo Raleigh being released? Let's be honest. I'm not. I hope he gets up on his feet. He will get up on his feet. Maybe he goes back to NFL. Maybe he goes to another wrestling promotion. Or maybe he starts a new entire career. God bless the Mojo Raleigh. I hope he gets on his feet, which he will. The next name up here is Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas, Bo Leaf. I, Bo Dallas, to me, is a guy that had potential. WWE just didn't see anything in him. They seen a ceiling for Bo Dallas, and that where he was. The Bo Leaf character, I'm not going to lie, I hated the gimmick. I didn't like it. It was pretty insulting. I just wasn't a fan of it. But I slowly began growing a fan of Bo Dallas. He's a great wrestler. And after the Bo Dallas, after the Bo Leaf stuff with him, we were all talking about how he needs to side with his brother, Bray Wyatt, with this fiend character. He can be in the Firefly Funhouse. He can be in the Wyatt family, this and that. When the fiend comes back, he can side with the fiend and be the uh, part of the family with Alexa Bliss, himself and Bray Wyatt. Maybe get Abyss in there. You can do the Firefly Funhouse, you know, Fiend Family, something like that. That didn't happen. I pitched that on the podcast, but that didn't happen. Listen, Bo Dallas, I don't I don't see anything in him. I don't see nothing in Bo Dallas, bro. Does any of you guys see anything in Bo Dallas? Because I don't. Bo Dallas is going to get up on his feet, of course. I know Bray Wyatt has to be pissed off that... His brother got fired. Okay. And for the people out there that are saying, oh, release. Guys, they got fired. Okay. Just like Via Trinidad. She got fired. All these people got fired. Stop with the release crap. Okay. Just say it. They got fired. Don't be scared to say it. Now, Kalisto. Let's talk about Kalisto. Because Kalisto did have potential. The Salido Del Sol at TLC on Jimmy Uso from the top of the ladder. I remember that vividly. One of the best spots in a TLC match history. It was a legendary spot. It was a fun spot. And then he won several championships. He won the Cruiserweight Championship. He won the United States Championship. He was feuding with Ryback for the U.S. title. That feud didn't do anything for me personally, but... Kalisto was on TV, and I didn't mind it at all. So, Kalisto, I wanted him to face Rey Mysterio. Bad. I know you guys wanted him to face Rey Mysterio. There was rumors going around that he was going to be in a match with Rey Mysterio. But it didn't happen. Right? It didn't happen. Listen, Kalisto was big friends of Sasha Banks. I wonder what Sasha Banks is thinking right now. One of her best friends is gone from the company. But I feel like Kalisto will bounce back. Listen, Kalisto, wherever he goes, he's going to draw, and he's going to be a big deal. And um, I was loving this new edge of Kalisto. I really was. You know, he was turning into a heel. He was cutting this these cryptic promos, and he was coming into his own. WWE just didn't see anything in him. The Lucha House Party, right, with um, Grand Metalik, 
and uh, Lindsay Dorado. I'm surprised those two guys are not gone yet. Um, we'll see what happens, but Kalista will bounce back for sure. And uh, we'll see what happens with Kalista, man. Hopefully, all the best to him. Tucker. Okay, I'm going to go on a rant here. This is where I'm going to go on a rant. A couple of these I'm going to go on a rant. I'm going to start with Tucker. Let me get this straight. Let me get this straight WWE. So, you have Otis on his own. Otis is fucking trash as a single star. I don't care. If you're a fan of him, that's fine. That's your prerogative. But this is my show. This is my opinion. Otis is a singles fucking sucks. Okay? He sucks. He does nothing for me. He's now in a tag team with Chad Gable. And I still don't care. I don't care. Okay? He should have never left Tucker. Tucker should have never left Otis. They should have remained a tag team for the duration of their entire careers. You're here to tell me that Otis is going to be a big deal as a single star. Bullshit. Bullshit. Obviously not. When he won money in the bank, I was pissed. I was pissed. Okay? You have Otis. He shouldn't have left Tucker. He wins money in the bank, which was ridiculous. WWE knew they fucked up. That's why they gave it to The Miz. Because they knew they screwed up. And then you have Tucker all by him lone self. In catering by himself. That's a shame. That's ridiculous. I feel bad for Tucker, but I'm happy for Tucky. As Otis likes to call him. Tucky. I'm happy for him. He's released. He gets to tell his story. That's the one thing about these releases. I cannot wait to hear the wrestling stories. The stories from these wrestlers in the WWE. I can't wait. Now, Tucker, he wasn't going to do jack shit as a single star. WWE knew that. I mean, I knew that. I hope you guys that are listening to this podcast knew that. You could be a fan of him all you want. But him as a single star wasn't going to go nowhere. Y'all got to understand that he wasn't going to go nowhere as a single star. He was a tag team wrestler. He was was in that lane. And he should have stayed in that lane. But the WWE wanted to move him out that lane and put him on a new lane. And look what happened. When you put him on the new lane, you didn't push him. You didn't use him. So that was a complete waste of time with Otis and with Tucker. Because Tucker's released. He got fired. And Otis, he's with Chad Gable. Ridiculous. I don't understand it. Wesley Blake. Jackson Riker is still there. Jackson Riker is the racist motherfucker. Right? Is still in WWE. Wesley Blake's gone. Steve Cutler gone from the WWE. I see your priorities, WWE. I see y'all priorities. Wesley Blake and Buddy Murphy. I remember them in NXT with Alexa Bliss. I loved it. I love the tangent. I love the trio. I was a big fan of those three people in that trio. Right? They were winning tag team championships. And it was great. And then Wesley Blake, you know, 
He went with the Forgotten Sons. Yeah, they were definitely forgotten. Definitely forgotten. Two out of the three are forgotten. One of them, it is what it is. But Wesley Blake, he didn't do anything. I feel like the Forgotten Sons were a failure even on Jump Street. And that's pretty much what it was. They were a failure from Jump Street. And Wesley Blake didn't do anything. He didn't provide anything. So him leaving isn't going to hurt WWE whatsoever. Mojo Riley leaving, not going to hurt WWE. Bo Dallas, not going to hurt WWE. Kalisto, not going to hurt WWE. Tucker, and now Wesley Blake. That's not going to hurt the WWE. Let's talk about somebody that I would say hurt, but not really either. Chelsea Green. Wow. Okay. Chelsea Green comes back to the WWE. She goes to NXT. Ladies and gentlemen, she didn't do a goddamn thing in NXT. That Robert Stone combo was trash. It was trash. Chelsea Green, I became a fan of her from Impact Wrestling. That crazy, psychotic character that she played. That's when I became a fan of Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green leaves Impact. She comes to WWE. She's with her man, Zack Ryder. Then he leaves. She's by her lone self. She's in a, uh, a combination with Robert Stone. That did nothing for her. She kept losing. And then she kept getting injured. She would come back and get injured. She would come back and get injured. Vince McMahon at that point, I know he did this. Okay, Chelsea Green's a liability. She's injury prone. That's not her fault. The body just, it's not working with her. It's not functioning with her. Chelsea Green could have a lot of brought to the table. I remember I heard a report that there was rumors going around that Chelsea Green and Mickey James were pretty much going to copy and paste. This is good and bad to the people you talk to. I believe it's bad, but it could have been good. You guys remember the storyline in 2006 with Mickey James and Trish Stratus, where Mickey James, and talk about her too, because she was also released. Mickey James and Trish Stratus, they were in a love connection storyline. Mickey James was obsessed with Trish Stratus. They were going to do the same thing, but Mickey James is going to play the role of Trish Stratus, and Chelsea Green was going to play the role of Mickey James. That could have been a great mid card feud in the women's division on whatever, Raw or SmackDown. I think she was going to go to SmackDown, so it would have been a great little feud on Friday Night SmackDown. They didn't pull the trigger. How do you not pull that? I would have done that. This is why I'm saying I wish I ran WWE, man. But it didn't happen. Chelsea Green. She didn't do anything. That's just the reality of it. She didn't do nothing in NXT. She got injured. She didn't even hit the main roster, really. She was over there for a cup of tea. Then she got injured again. And the WWE was like, all right, you know what? You keep getting injured. Get the fuck out. That's just the reality of it, okay? So that's Chelsea Green. Billy K. 
There's a lot of Billy Kay fans out there. I'm going to talk about Peyton Royce too. Fuck it. They're both in the same thing because they both got fired. The Iconics. Why do you split them up? Why would you split up the Iconics? That was stupid. You doing that is telling me, okay, you don't care about the Women's Tag Team Championship at that point, right? Because why are you splitting up one of the most legit tag teams you have in the women's division? You split them up. That was stupid. You tried to push Peyton Royce. That went nowhere. You didn't have nothing for her. And then Billy Kay. Let me talk about Billy Kay first. There's a lot of Billy Kay fans out there. A lot of them, actually. I didn't know there was a lot of them. There's a lot. She sucks in the ring. She fucking sucks in the ring. But I will say, she has character. In terms of characters, I feel like you can give Billy Kay anything and she will thrive. She will succeed. But you can have a great character. But it's all what you do in that ring, baby. And if you don't rise to the occasion in the ring, you're going to get called out on it. And that's what people were doing with Billy Kay. Now, this character where she was pretty much trying to interview people and get a resume and stuff, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I wasn't a fan of it, but I understood that she had character. She had some character. And you guys know me, man. Characters in pro wrestling, we need them. Billy Kay had a character. So I let it slide. And she would bring out resumes to people. You know, oh, check me out. This and that. I'm Billy Kay. I'm a former women's tag team champion. I'm with one of the best tag teams in all of pro wrestling. The Iconics, this and that. Ooh. And then she tagged him with Carmella. Out of nowhere. I don't know why. Of course... I don't know why, because they didn't give me an explanation as to why they were attacking. That's WWE's problem. They don't explain why they food, why they do things. They just do things. So Billy Kay got released. Peyton Royce got released as well. WWE just didn't know what to do with Peyton Royce at the end of the day. They tried and tried and tried, and they failed, failed, failed. That's why Peyton Royce got released. Don't listen to anybody else. Peyton Royce got released because they didn't have anything for her. Billy Kay was a liability to the WWE. I believe she was only there because Peyton Royce was still there. That's why. And they utilized them both, the Iconics. That's where their strength was. Peyton Royce had potential to be a single star. But WWE didn't know what to do with her. Fuck Billy Kay. Who cares about Billy Kay? That's WWE's mentality. That's not my mentality. That's the WWE's mentality. I guarantee you, I could have came up with something for Billy Kay in a singles division. Peyton Royce, don't get me started. The potential was there. The, the flower, the blossom was there for Peyton Royce. They didn't know what to do with any woman. And that's why they got fired. We talk about Mickey James. All right, I'm uh, I'm antsy. I'm antsy right now, cause I'm pissed. Mickey James got released, fired. Why'd she get fired? 
injury prone. Okay. Everybody's injury prone. What are you talking about? Look at Seth Rollins, for example. Seth Rollins would get injured regularly. And then he would come back. He'd still be in the main event picture. Everybody's injury prone. Look at Sasha Banks. How many times did Sasha Banks get injured? Sasha Banks is a better prime example than Seth Rollins. Sasha Banks. My girl. She's been getting injured multiple times over the past couple years. But they kept pushing her. They kept pushing. Are you going to release Sasha? You gonna, first of all, if you ever release Sasha Banks, I think the social media would absolutely break. Period. It would break. Sasha Banks injury prone. Correct. She is injury prone. She is. But Sasha Banks is a different breed, baby. Sasha Banks is different. She's a woman that I would build my women's division around. Easy. Easy. No question about it. I'm not building my promotion around Mickey James, though. Mickey James of old? Yeah. Mickey James now? I'm not doing that. But that doesn't determine the fact that Mickey James could have had something in the women's division. You just have that woman sit by eyed backstage. You tried to put her in commentary. It didn't really do anything for me. She doesn't have that powerful voice. That powerful, controlling voice. Mickey James didn't have that. Mickey James could have been in great storylines. She could have feuded with any woman on Monday Night Raw. But the fact is, Vince didn't know what to do with her. I don't think he even cared to even hire Mickey James. I'm going to go that far. I don't think he cared to even hire Mickey James. Because if he did, and if he legitimately cared, Mickey James would have been on TV months ago, a year ago, even after the injuries. And she would have been on TV. Instead, she was on commentary. That didn't work. So they pretty much gave up on her, and she went backstage. Bullshit. Okay? Don't listen to anybody else, all right? This is the facts. This is the reality of the situation. It's harsh, yeah, but it's the truth. And the truth does hurt. I'm here to always speak the truth. I'm spitting truth all the time. I'm spitting facts all the time. I'm spitting creativity all the time. Mickey James deserves better. I would have done something with Mickey James. That storyline with Chelsea Green, that should have been on TV. On Monday Night Raw. They were doing it at live events or whatever the fuck they were doing with it. I don't know why that wasn't on TV. I just don't get it. Mickey James, she is a Hall of Fame wrestler, no question. First ballot Hall of Famer is Mickey James. And you didn't want to do anything with her. I don't get this guy, Vince McMahon, I don't get his mentality of picking and choosing who he wants to push and who he doesn't want to push. I just will never understand it. But strap up. Strap in right now. Because we're about to talk about the only person that really made the wrestling world swirl. Legitimately. I mean, all of them did. But this one. Holy shit. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it, man. Samoa Joe. Samoa fucking Joe. The Samoan submission machine. This guy got fired. He was just doing commentary at WrestleMania this past weekend. And he got fired. Why did he get fired? That is a question 
that I would love for him to answer. Whenever he does a podcast, whenever any of these people do a podcast, I'm going to be listening for sure. But Samoa Joe, more than anything, he broke the internet. He, he broke the internet yesterday. Uh, injury prone. We get it. That, to me, is a fucking excuse. You bringing up, oh, Samoa Joe was always injured. I get it. But everybody else was injured. Sasha Banks is injury prone. You see Sasha Banks. She was in one of the best matches. In terms of singles matches at WrestleMania for the women. But Bianca Belair, she's injury prone though, is Sasha Banks. And you see Sasha Banks is killing it right now. Samoa Joe, I feel, just never had an opportunity. It's crazy, though, too, because Samoa Joe was never supposed to be in WWE anyways. He wasn't even supposed to be in the WWE. He wasn't even supposed to be on the main roster. He was supposed to be an NXT lifer. He got up to the main roster. And this guy's supposed to be a difference maker. Difference maker, my fucking ass, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe, I'm going to tell you right now, is one of the best wrestlers on the planet. And I'm going to tell you right now, Samoa Joe, in terms of promos alone, promos on the stick, Samoa Joe was in the top 10. Easy. Top 10. Greatest promos in WWE history. I'm talking about WWE alone right now. In WWE history, Samoa Joe is in the top 10. When this guy grabs a mic, you you drop everything everything you're doing right now and you listen to every word that is going to come out of that man's mouth. Because he's probably speaking facts. I remember the feud with AJ Styles. He was dropping pipe bomb after pipe bomb after pipe bomb. And then when he went off on SmackDown on Jeff Hardy... Mustafa Ali, Randy Orton, AJ Styles. Holy shit. Was that legendary? That was iconic. When he was talking about Renee Young, right? And how he said, you know, Dean Ambrose is living off his wife paycheck. How do you get more legendary than that? That's legendary to me. Nobody was able to touch Samoa Joe on the stick in the promo department. There's only a few of them that are able to do so. But there's not a lot of them. In the ring, Samoa Joe is one of the best in the ring as well. Don't disrespect Samoa Joe in the ring, man. Yeah, I get it. Samoa Joe is not the Samoa Joe from TNA. I completely get it. But Samoa Joe can still go. And WWE, Vince McMahon, you just never wanted to push this guy. Can you imagine a feud with Roman Reigns, this version of Roman Reigns now with Samoa Joe? Can you imagine a feud with Bobby Lashley and Samoa Joe? Come on, man. Come on, man. I can't believe Samoa Joe. That broke my heart. That Obviously, all of these broke my heart because I don't want anybody to lose their job. But fucking Samoa Joe. That broke my fucking soul. It's crazy. As soon as that guy got released, CM Punk's on Twitter tweeting out. You know, people tweeting out. Oh, Samoa Joe, CM Punk, 
What's going to happen? Will Samoa Joe be the guy to get CM Punk out of retirement and go to a wrestling promotion, AEW? But will he go to a wrestling promotion now because of Samoa Joe? Samoa Joe and him are boys. We'll see what happens, man. But I feel bad for all these people, but they will definitely back. They will definitely uh, bounce back for sure. Samoa Joe, though, I, I can't get over Samoa Joe being released. It's insane to me. Now, WWE, that portion of the WWE one is over. And we're going to be talking about AEW. I got a couple topics that I want to talk about in terms of AEW. And I'm going to be doing that coming up in a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, AEW time. Let's get right into it, man. Starting with Eva Lise. She was abruptly fired from AEW. I didn't think this was true whatsoever. I wanted to wait a couple of days to see if it was true. But uh, it is true. Eva Lise is officially gone from All Elite Wrestling. Uh, she hasn't been on TV over the past couple months. And I was starting to think what's wrong with her. Is she injured? Is she having some personal issues? Apparently, none of those were the case. I'm not sure, so I don't want to judge and overthink and say something that's out of pocket. We don't know what happened. People are jumping to conclusions that um, Ivelisse and um, Thunder Rosa, two of my favorites in women's pro wrestling right now, they had a match, and you know, Ivelisse was pretty much no-selling. Uh, one of the spots that Thunder Rosa was doing, she did a snap nair, and Ivelisse pretty much rubbed her hair, and she just stood there. She stood there for a second, and then Thunder Rosa was continuing her spot. I've seen that on Twitter multiple times. I've replayed it, and i replayed it. And I'm saying to myself, what is Ivelisse doing? You know, you're no-selling these moves. Like, what the fuck are you doing, you know? Apparently, that was the spot that pissed upper management in AEW off. Now, apparently, that was a straw that broke the camel's back. Ivelisse was apparently complaining about being mistreated and misused in AEW. That's just the nature of the beast. It's part of the game. I mean, I can name how many people in WWE that have been mistreated that are kind of being used right now. And um, it's all about waiting. And Ivelisse apparently cannot wait. You know, she wants to be the top queen, the top chick. In AEW, what she deserves to be. She deserves to be up there with the Britt Bakers, the Nyla Rose, the Thunder Roses, for sure. But uh, Ivelisse commented on Fightful Select, Sean Rossop. And she said, I spoke up about mistreatment from a coach, even to other women too. They were uh, witnesses, and I was the one suspended and let in limbo. So apparently she was suspended. A news didn't come out about that, but apparently she was suspended from all elite wrestling and she continued and left in limbo and just now let go and nothing has been done at all the entire time about thunder rosa slandering my name in the entire time in AEW and doing everything to sabotage my position there i kept quiet thunder rosa also has a history of getting involved with officials in order to get ahead which there was a lawsuit and everything in lucha underground Okay, so pretty much Ivelisse is blaming... Uh, listen, I'm going to be honest. 
I read this, and what I'm taking away from this is, Ivelisse is blaming Thunder Rosa from being fired. Right? That That's pretty much what's going on. Now, we know the history of Thunder Rosa. We know the controversy of Thunder Rosa and um, how, you know, things like that. But to have um, Ivelisse pretty much put blame on... Um, you know, Thunder Rosa is is strange to me. You know, I understand she wants to speak up and, and do this stuff like that. And, you know, speak up and things like that. But, you know, um, I just don't understand why she would want to, you know, speak up and slander Thunder Rosa's name. Because, you know, Thunder Rosa is going to go back and she's going to be like, okay, well, you know, Ivelisse is doing some bullshit. You know, she's uh, speaking up on my name. And maybe Thunder Rosa was the one that got Ivelisse fired. That might be the case. I don't know. But what I do know is they should not have done that to her. She deserves to be the top tier in the AEW Women's Division. AEW needs a lot of women that they can have. And they got the foundation. They do got women there. You know, Britt Baker, Nyla Rose. Um, they got Shauna. They got Chris Statlander. And uh, uh, Thunder Rosa. So they got people. They got that foundation. But Ivelisse could have been one of those pieces. But she's gone. So it sucks for Ivelisse. I'm a fan of her. But a lot of people are giving her slander on social media. So I can't wait to hear what Ivelisse has to say and tell her side of the story. Even more in a possible interview or something like that. So another you know, topic I want to get to in AEW is involving Jade. Storm Jade. Jade is an absolute beast. I'm a big fan of Jade. She has mega star potential in AEW in the women's division. She just needs to get a little bit better in the ring. She needs to be a little bit more quick and more aware of her surroundings in the ring. I'm not a wrestler, so I'm just speaking from a pants perspective because I, I pay attention to really, you know, stuff like this. So we'll see what happens with Jade, but I'm a big fan of what she brings to the table. So uh, we'll see what happens with Jade. Um, I want to see her, you know, AEW was talking about how Jade is in the top three of the ranking system. That's ridiculous. Jade needs to go on an undefeated streak. Jade needs to get some more wins under her belt to be able to get to number three or number two or wherever you like to call it. You know, go on an undefeated streak, earn some more wins, and then maybe you can be in the top three. But the potential of Jade, I just don't want AEW to rush Jade and her momentum because... My thing is, if WWE pretty much pushes Jade too much and too quick, the fans are going to backfire. The fans are smart. They're not stupid. We know what these companies are capable of in terms of finding that one, pushing, that one person and pushing them down our throats. I don't want Jade to fall in that Roman Reigns category, that Drew McIntyre, John Cena category where they find that one person and no matter what the fans think about that person, they're going to consistently push them. I'm praying that is not the case with Jade because Jade is just too talented. She has the look. She has the presence. She has the microphone skills, too. If she just gets better in the ring, they found their megastar in the women's division in Jade. We'll see what happens with Jade. I'm a big fan of her. Hopefully, she can continue to blossom in the AEW women's division moving forward for the rest of the year. So we'll see what happens. Now, last topic I want to talk about for AEW before I get into the last topic 
in terms of uh, talking about pro wrestling is Tony Khan. Now, Tony Khan apparently is talking about some changes in the pay-per-view schedule. So I'm going to be talking about that. And I'm going to give you guys my opinion on the pay-per-view schedule involving Tony Khan. And I don't know why he's thinking of doing some changes, to be honest with you. But I'm going to talk about it. I personally don't think in terms of the schedule, he needs to change everything. But I'm going to take this article from, again, Ringside News. Shout out to you guys. And uh, this is what he said. So AEW doesn't hold pay-per-views every month, but their quarterly events can run a little bit long, which I agree. You know, they got to have little special events here and there, which I believe that is what they're doing. So Tony Khan has a solution to that, which might help make them a bit easier to sit through. So while speaking to Busted Open Radio, Tony Khan revealed that they are considering implementing intermissions during pay-per-views. Other companies do this. And he is considering putting up a countdown clock and trying to trying it out for their next pay-per-view. So he says, we have great video packages and we could do that. Also, a countdown clock. If you watch the road to our countdown, you might see them. Then that's even better. They are a part of the pay-per-view, putting some video packages up. I think it makes it a little bit easier. If you guys like it, That makes me feel a little bit better. Maybe it's a good idea. If the fans like it, then maybe it's a good idea. Now, we all know Double or Nothing is coming up on May 29th. So having intermissions, I think it's a great idea. It feels like even adding it makes it like a sports-like feel. That's what I've been saying with these wrestling promotions. You got to have a sports-like feel to it, right? And I feel like if they do something like that, I think that would, you know, pretty much... It will benefit everybody involved. You know, it will benefit the fans in terms of like, okay, we can go and get a break for a little bit, like a 10, 15 minute break. The wrestlers can get a 10 to 15 minute break intermission. Pretty much a timeout pretty much is what it is. And I believe it will really benefit all parties, the wrestlers. It would benefit the commentators. It would benefit, you know, so for them to get their notes together and get ready for when they come back, start time, you get right back into it. From a fan's perspective, they don't have to sit there for three or four hours nonstop. They can sit there for two and a half hours or whatever. And then you get the intermission and you have a break, 15 minute break, 10 minute break. Even if it's five minute breaks, it's still a break. A break is better than none, right? And so you get a break there and you can do something like that. So I think that's a great idea from Tony Khan. So shout out to Tony Khan that is considering, you know, always making these pay-per-views a little bit better, coming up with the new uh, ideas. And like I said, we need to make these wrestling promotions feel like a sports-like feel and bring that sports-like feel to these promotions. So that's a great idea. I'm a big fan of Tony Khan and that idea. Now, I want to talk about, before I end the podcast, we're going over an hour. Um, Hopefully, you guys enjoy it. Hopefully, you guys go and uh, support the podcast. Now, I want to talk about Impact Wrestling. I'm going to end it with this. Uh, this kind of came out of absolutely nowhere last night. Breaking news. It's all over social media. It's all over the wrestling community. Everybody's talking about it. So I decided to talk about it as well and give you guys my opinion. So Impact Wrestling is having Mauro Ronaldo. Yes, Mauro Ronaldo, the guy that is on Showtime Boxing. The guy was at in WWE. That Mauro Ronaldo. He will be commentating Kenny Omega versus Rich Schwann's match at Impact's Rebellion on April 
25th. When I seen that, I said to myself, okay, I'm watching it because of that. I am going to be reviewing Impact's Rebellion just for that alone. Even though I have been watching Impact, I've been watching their build. I am a fan of what they're doing towards Rebellion. I can't wait for their matches. I'm pretty excited for what Impact Wrestling is going to produce on April 25th. So I cannot wait. Marwanalo. This is a... I'm, I'm still shocked with this. I'm still shocked. So ESPN Marco Romero reports that Marwanalo will be on hand to call Kenny Omega and Rich Swann's title versus title match at Rebellion. That match will see one man emerge as both AEW and Impact Wrestling World Champions. I want to say this right now. Wrestling is getting back into the mainstream slowly but surely. All these media outlets are covering. They, they got to start covering other wrestling promotions. That's my problem. The WWE is always going to be there. WWE is the home. I know that's where more of the traffic is going to be for, you know, these news outlets, ESPN and all these TV networks and stuff like that. But they got to cover other wrestling promotions like Impact, AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling. And so having these people that are in ESPN and other outlets watch these shows and review it and analyze it and stuff like that, it's going to benefit the wrestling business. Trust me. It really is. So I love that ESPN's covering Impact and AEW, so I like this. So Marwan Ronaldo, one of the top broadcasters in combat sports, excuse me, he is, let me correct it, he is the number one best combat sports commentary in the business of, you know, the sport of pro wrestling and just sports in general. So, Marwan Nalo is the play-by-play man for Showtime Boxing and Bellator MMA. Uh, he will be on the call for Impact Wrestling's title match between champion Rich Swan and challenger Kenny Omega at the Pay-Per-View Rebellion on the card for April 25th. Sources told ESPN, Omega, the AEW champion, is trying to win another major world title. Marwanalo worked for WWE on and off from 2015 to 2020, leaving his role as the voice of NXT last August. This is insane. This is a big, big deal. Now, it's apparently a one-off, though. It's a one-off. If Impact Wrestling can get Marwanalo to commentate for Impact Wrestling's top pay-per-views, and AEW can work on a partnership with Impact Wrestling to have Marwanalo commentate, you know, these big fight feel matches for AEW and Impact Wrestling. He only appears when, you know, a big match is on the table. It's got to be world titles, obviously. Got to have that world title voice. Marwanalo is that world championship voice. You get Marwanalo. To commentate Kenny Omega and Rich Swan, just imagine what voice he can lend and bring to commentate a an AEW big type feel world title match. That's where I only think he should appear in. Period. I love this idea. I'm a big fan of it. I love Impact Wrestling. They're getting in that major spotlight again. Pro wrestling is slowly getting into the mainstream. I love it. I'm a big fan of this. This broke the internet last night. And everybody that is not watching Impact Wrestling. I mean, I watch it on and off, but I'm not watching it consistently like that. People are coming around with Impact Wrestling because of Mauro Ranallo. And for the people out there that are not fans of him, 
You might not be fans of them, but the vast majority of the IWC is a big fan and a big supporter of Marwanalo because the internet broke when Impact Wrestling, and it was Impact Wrestling. It was not AEW. It was Impact Wrestling. He worked a deal to come back to pro wrestling. Out of all the companies, he came back. He's going to do Impact Wrestling. That's a big get for Impact Wrestling. Maybe they could work out a deal where Marl Ronaldo comes in for Impact and does, you know, world title commentary, you know, matches and commentates for these big time matches. He can do something like that with AEW as well. He doesn't need to be there consistently every week. He can only appear when a world title match calls for it and when it's a big world title match for both AEW and Impact Wrestling. That's all I got for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed. We went over an hour. There was just a lot of topics that I wanted to get to. I wanted to talk about them. Um, I'm seeing notifications pop up every minute in terms of people following the podcast on Instagram. Once again, thank you guys so much. I love you guys. I can't do this without you. I appreciate all the love and support. Like I said, I'm just a wrestling fan, and I love this business of pro wrestling. I know we might have different views and opinions, but at the end of the day, we're all wrestling fans. We got that same passion, and that is professional wrestling. So I will see you guys next time. I will see you guys on Monday Night Raw. And that's about it. I'm done for the weekend. I'm not doing nothing tomorrow. Or excuse me, I got SmackDown. I forgot. I am sorry. We got SmackDown. We got SmackDown. And um, I'm going to change some things up. So I'm going to make some quick little adjustments here. So hot topics. I think I'm going to be doing it on Thursday. I'm going to do it on Thursday. And I'm going to do SmackDown on Friday alone. Okay. Instead of putting two podcasts up for uh, today. So I'm going to do SmackDown. But then after that, it's going to strictly be on Fridays alone. And hot topics is going to be on Thursdays alone. Um, so we got Monday Raw. We got Tuesday NXT. Wednesday, I'm up and down with AW. I might do it. I might not. I don't know. I, if I do it, I got to go full throttle with it. I'm not going to just do it and not do it again after that. If I'm going to do it, I got to do it consistently. So I'm on and off with that. I'm not sure. But Thursday, uh, I'm going to do Hot Topics, and that's going to be on Thursday alone. Friday for SmackDown. And then the rest of the weekend, I'm going to be off taking a break. And then going right back on it on Monday of the following week. So I thank you guys for the continued love and support. I appreciate it. Make sure you guys go follow and subscribe to the Wrestling Takeover podcast, wherever you guys listen to podcasts. Follow the podcast on Instagram at the Wrestling Takeover. Follow me on Twitter at JT Takeover. And that's about it, you guys. Thank you very much. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Spread the word of the Wrestling Takeover podcast all over social media. And I will see you guys later on today for Friday Night Smackdown right here on the Wrestling Takeover podcast. I got the Glock in my robbery. 17 shots, no 38. Yeah, I got the Glock in my robbery. 17 shots, no 38. Yeah, she's fine. Wondering where she's